0: Good morning, and thank you for being here. It was exactly about seven years ago that a lot of us were gathered here in this beautiful church to celebrate Don's 50th anniversary as a priest. It's the same church where Don was baptized, made his first communion, was confirmed, said his first mass, and now we gather with our love and our tears, in our admiration, and our gratitude for this great man as we mourn his death and we celebrate his life. The gospel I chose is the well-known story of the road to Emmaus. I feel it's Luke's quintessential story of processing the loss of a loved one through hospitality, companionship, and table ministry. For in the gospel, Christ reveals himself by telling of stories, the sharing of a meal, and the breaking of bread. His identity is hidden at first. Jesus meets those travelers who are running away from Jerusalem, and they're upset over the death of their loved one. I would say that they felt like many of us feel today about the death of our beloved Don. They were confused, angry, heartbroken, worried, unsure of where their future will take them. But the risen Christ knows all this and connects with them. He walks with them. He begins to nourish their minds with stories of Scripture. He joins them for a meal and they are nourished physically. And then finally, in the breaking of the bread, they are nourished spiritually. During my sophomore year at the university in 1979, I was invited with two other students to go up to Chapman Lake to celebrate the birthday of Father Ed Gannon. He was a beloved Jesuit at the time. At that time, Chapman Lake, it wasn't a retreat center, so I didn't even know where it was. But we found our way, and we joined in a dinner that included a who's who of the then Scranton Jesuits, names like Panuska, and Hill, and Masterson, and Krieger, and others who were gathered around the table. And cooking and serving the meal was this relatively quiet Jesuit by the name of Father Pantle. Now, he just recently arrived on sabbatical and was living at that Jesuit house at the lake. And he offered to prepare and serve the birthday meal for Ed Gannon. Well, as night came to a close, this Jesuit who I'd never met before came over to me and invited us up, come up to the lake the following weekend for some more cooking and to enjoy the time together. And so it was on that brisk fall night with Don's simple invitation to three students to come back to the lake to tell stories, to share a meal, and to break bread that his ministry at the university first began. So indeed, throughout the winter and the following spring, a few of us would go up on some weekends. And after a day of fun and maybe a little studying, we learned how to prepare these incredible meals that we'd never eaten before. Bockwurst, bratwurst, liver sausage, kielbasa, potato pancakes, and of course, especially. And after dinner, the tables would be cleared, and he taught us this card game called Pinochle. (laughs) Now, all I knew at that time were two things. It consisted of a deck of only 48 cards that don't go in a logical order. And Panto played this game a long time, and he was really, really, really good at it. (laughs) But then after a few hours of cards, the tables would be cleared again. And out would come the candles, and the bread, and the wine, and he would say Mass. And without us students knowing what was happening, Don was simply following the model given to us by Christ on the road to Emmaus. He fed our bodies, our minds, our hearts, and our souls. It was the following year that the university hired him as a full-time professor and counselor And he was given the task to make Chapman Lake indeed a retreat house, and and that he did. For 15 years later, he would cut the ribbon on a new retreat center. A few years after coming onto campus, the university gave him the Fayette House to establish as the first Spanish house, where for some 25 years, using that kitchen table, he was able to minister to so many students who came through the university. And using his modus operandi ministry, which never really changed, it was food, cards, and Eucharist. And while some of his peers may have dismissed him as a simple country priest who gave out candy and cooked meals and played cards, his ministry was actually quite brilliant. And this is how it flowed. First, the food. See, Don didn't just serve any food. It was the food of his family. It was the food of his heritage. It was the food of many cultures. And while he was cooking and serving, he was telling you stories about the family recipe and sharing stories about the family and sitting behind what sat behind the meal and reminiscing and breaking open mutual stories that took place and conversation would ensue. In his home, in the fridge, They were always open and stocked and available to whoever needed it. There was never any hesitation for Don to physically nourish those who entered his life. For some, the meal received was a nice respite. For some, it may have been a celebratory celebration for some reason. And for some grads, it was food for them to eat when their own fridge and wallets were completely bare. After the meal came the cards. For we ever know wherever Pantle was, a deck of pinocle cards were nearby. And for those of you who play, there's no wonder why Don has such a large smile in the picture that we used on social media these past couple weeks. Because if you knew what was sitting in front of that picture, you guessed it was a run in 100 aces. <laughs> it's the only way you were going to get him to smile like that for a picture. When Don hit the campus in 1980, it took only a year before many of the tables in the cafeteria had pinochle games being played morning, noon, and night. But not only was the game being played and strategy being learned and minds being stretched and memories being used, but his students were engaged and interacting with each other. They were sharing with each other. They were indeed feeding each other just like the first night I ever stayed up at Chapman Lake some 38 years ago. After you've had your fill of incredible food wrapped with personal stories and dialogue, after you've sat holding on to a series of bad hands and witnessing panel taking another trick, another hand, and another game, snapping his hand on that table, the real reason you've gathered comes to fruition and the tables were set for mass. It was at that time all present gathered around and we prayed and we were present and we witnessed this incredible gift that we so often take for granted. When bread is broken, when wine is poured, and they become the body and blood of Christ. Where the table that served as food, the table where cards were laid, It was the same table which we prayed and we nourished our souls around. You know, it was at the Last Supper where Christ said to his disciples, Do this and remember me, which is what Don did for 57 years as a priest. He gathered every one of us here at some point in our lives, most often when we needed it the most. He made us feel like family. He shared his stories, shared his food, shared his counsel, shared his life. Most of all, he shared his love of the risen Christ. He gathered us to his table to laugh and to cry, to confess, to sing, to dance, to eat, to play, and to pray. But why? You know, preparing my thoughts for today, I ask myself, why? I mean, Don could have spent his years teaching, traveling, saying mass here at the local church. But why the tireless effort to be connected to all of us and so many more students and family and friends? Some could say it was his calling or it was his passion, and those answers wouldn't be wrong. But I dug through all my notes of all the retreats that I had with him and articles that he would clip and he'd send to me. And a common thread engaged and emerged when I read through it all, which seems to be the deep motivation for how and why Don led his life. For what appears time and time in his writings is this. Since God is present in all of us, The best way to know God is through others. For Christ meets you where you are through others, which leads to transformation for you and for the one that you're with. It's brilliant. It's Jesuit. See what Don was doing all the time? Not only was he opening our eyes to our God, but he was experiencing God through every encounter he had with us. Being filled with compassion and engaging with us in our lives, he was living and praying and encountering God. For just as Christ entered into the chaos of those traveling on the road to Emmaus, Don entered into the chaos of each of our lives. Whether we are sister, niece, nephew, cousin, uncle, rector, president, acting president, student, faculty, alumni, or friend, and he walked with all of us. He prayed with us. He kicked us in the ass when we needed it. But most importantly, he taught us how to love. One of the best alumni quotes I saw on social media, and there were a lot of them this past week, said this, of the many gifts he gave me, maybe the best is that he taught me that it was okay to tell my friends that I love them and to give them a hug. See, for Don, it was always about the hug. It was always about the love, the love for God and the love for all of us. And he showed us that through food, cards, and Eucharist, that he was indeed forming men and women for others, men and women who would love not only for themselves, but for God. But in Don's final years, he experienced firsthand the scripture passage from John 21:18, when Jesus tells Peter, "Amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you." where you do not want to go. So for after 25 years of running the Spanish house, his rector at the time moved Don to the Jesuit residence on campus so his health could be better monitored. Don was devastated. He didn't want to leave the connection he had with the students. He didn't want to walk away from that kitchen table But after the move, it only took a short time for him to realize that there was a reason and a need for him to be with his fellow Jesuits and to minister to and to care for them, which allowed him to find God in a place that he never wanted to go. Then a few years later, the Jesuits decided Don would be best served by moving him to a retirement home in Maryland. There was no way Don wanted to leave his home and family in Scranton. But again, after a short time, he saw a new way to love. He was soon on the phone telling me, he says, Jim, this is great, I'm helping the old priest. I'm like, Don, you are an old priest. (laughs) Nonetheless, he pushed the wheelchairs, he prayed with his fellow retirees, was getting a car ride from the president of Loyola High School so he could spend time with the students there, allowing him to see God in the faces of old and young alike. In his final years, he was reminded more times than he wanted that all of us are often t- taken to places we'd rather not go to. But we need to have the faith to let go so that our eyes are open On how to see God through others. So, in closing, it is said that if you meet one Jesuit, you've only met one Jesuit. They're all different. And indeed, there will never be another one like Padre Don. So, we gather this morning filled with love and gratitude in our hearts and our souls for Don's life, his wisdom, and his grace. But it doesn't end with just thankfulness. Remember how the gospel ends that I just read? After their eyes were opened, the travelers stopped running, for they were nourished, they were fed, and they were blessed. And they took those gifts received, and they went back to their homes, went back to their workplaces as changed people, sharing all that they had learned and all that they had received sharing the good news of Christ with others. There have been so many posts on social media this past week of how Padre Don touched so many lives, stories of how many of us would not be here today if it weren't for what he did for us. We all have our pantle stories of how we were blessed by his table ministry, how he found God in us and in turn we found God in him. Which means you and I have a choice as we go forward from here. We can shed a tear and share a story. We can head back home to life as usual. Or we can leave here recommitted to take all that Don gave us and to make changes in our life and the lives of those we meet each day. It may mean coming to a reconciliation within your family. It may mean going to a place that you do not want to go to. Or it may just mean making time to gather family and friends around your table. To make a meal of bratwurst and especially in donuts. And then deal a hand of pinochle. And then continue to share stories with each other about Don And then tell your stories. And then listen to the stories of others. And then just watch what happens in your life when you follow in the steps of the man we love so much. Our brother, our unki, our pods, our mentor, our friend. And follow his grace-filled lead by opening your eyes in your heart to the love of the one who now holds Don in his arms, that of Jesus the Christ, our risen Lord.